Hello there and welcome to the next episode of Thought Architecture. Today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't I couldn't resist. I, I couldn't help myself. Of course there's no sponsor for this podcast. Like why would I have a sponsor? That's just ridiculous. It's monetization. Well, perhaps I'll have a sponsor in the future. Who knows? Who cares? Um so onwards, onwards to today's ideas. So uh, this is a podcast that inter- this episode is an interjection, right? It's a, interrupting my, my streamed planned uh, ideas for content because I just, I loved it. I thought it was great, which was, um, I've re- I recently was asked by my friend to write an article for his uh, publication and the concept was one that just tickled me pink. I really enjoyed it. And it's this idea of uh, brain candy, food for thought. You know, literally, like what is considered to be nutritious for the brain to consume and something that's considered to be, let's say, inflammatory or, you know, diabetes creating and things like that. And so um, going through this process was incredibly interesting, incredibly insightful. And it was a bit of a learning curve for me as well, because I... I wanted to kind of put the metaphors together quite well. So if you think about how much we use um, food metaphors in our life, food for thought, binging on something, you know, to chew on something for a while, or, you know, once you've digested this piece of information, then, you know, come back for more. Um, And thinking about that, basically coming up with do's and don'ts of information. And I found this fascinating because it really forced me to be able to ask a lot of questions about what would I recommend? What do I do? Do I do these things as well? Is my brain, quote unquote, healthy? You know, am I consuming healthy foods? And I realize how much I consume of things that aren't. And then also there are ideas out there that I don't necessarily agree with as well. So one of the interesting points is to talk about food first, okay? So there's the two things is what we eat, and how we eat. So back in Italy in 1989, um, they they started a movement called the slow food movement, which was, you know, uh, a response to the introduction of fast food change, uh, basically. And it's the idea of um, gathering friends and family around a table, you know, taking time, paying attention to the food, things like that, sourcing your foods locally, making sure that they were healthy, nutritious foods as well. Um, that was fantastic, you know, this slow food movement. And, you know, that, that movement extended into also what was called the slow city movement, where, you know, they didn't want to just upgrade the high streets of cities to be franchise-holding um, streets, because ultimately um, they have very little allegiance, shall we say, to the city that they're in. Like, let's say you open a McDonald's up on a street corner of your high street in your in your hometown, you know, your hometown has a specific personality, but McDonald's can buy any property they want, so they do. Now, when McDonald's decides that the business isn't worth it anymore, what do they do? They pull the McDonald's, and then whatever mom-and-pop store was there that couldn't compete with the pricing now has moved on. You know, either it's gone under or found another way to make money, and you've just got this empty corner in the high street, whereas... There's a lot more of like a, a point of pride and allegiance with a locally owned business as well. So basically, this, this concept of the slow cities came in. 
But I digress, so allow me to loop back. Slow food was very much about the, the way that food was consumed and what food was consumed. Now, if you take a look at a lot of the, the ideas of, you know, what food to eat, we, we say to people things like, you know, eat the rainbow, making sure you're getting um, fruits and vegetables of each color because each color represents a different vitamin and, uh, or set of nutrients and things like that. Um, eat a diet of whole, fr uh, fresh whole foods, um, you know, fresh as possible because obviously the nutritional content is higher. And then whole foods, not, um, not foods that have been processed, heavily processed foods as well. Avoid that stuff, you know. And right, so considering this metaphor and taking it to the nth degree, we could also create kind of like guidelines for brain nutrition of what to eat and how to eat as well. And we can even extend this metaphor and take a look at things like, well, diabetes is typically um, developed through, uh, you know, your blood sugars jumping up, going down so much that we, we create um, insulin resistance. And so we can talk about, like, what is the brain's reaction to some of these sugary, highly processed uh, pieces of information? And I think that that's largely what we're seeing in the world today is people get very reactionary, very reactionary on all ends of the political spectrum because ultimately they've been consuming a diet of this type of stuff as well. So critical thinking is a little bit more of, let's say, slow release reactions. Just like, you know, the, the closer we go to whole fresh foods, we have like slow release carbohydrates, you know, more complex carbohydrates, let's say. So it's the same thing with foods. We have like a slow release of emotional reaction. And if that's the case, that, that seems to be a very fitting metaphor for this type of thing. In which case, it's this very simple concept of practicing um, not just critical thinking, but practicing this idea of regulating your reactions to um, something. Now, a good way to, for you to go through this is just eat stuff that doesn't force you to react as often that'll automatically mean that you're a little bit more resistant to it. Just like, um, you know, a diabetic who eats a chocolate is going to see their, their blood sugar skyrocket versus someone who doesn't regularly eat chocolates. Yeah, that chocolate will still spike, spike their blood sugar, but, you know, it, they're not necessarily going to be um, in danger as much as the, the diabetic is. So anyway, you know, like my stunning understanding of medical you know mechanisms aside um let's let's continue into the guidelines okay um so i did also find and i will attach it below um something called the uh <laughs> it's called the the media pyramid just like you've got a food pyramid with like you know your dietary guidelines of you know, base your, your foods mainly on this type of stuff or that type of stuff. Um, they've also got like a, a media pyramid of like how to consume or sorry, uh, what types of media to consume. So what I did is I try to move away from that idea. I will post that below. But the basic idea is that the foundation of it should be on what's known as actualization, which is uh, media that's around books and, and interactions, high interactions like chats with friends, art, theater, things like that. 
Whereas the next level up is going to be edification, which is hobbies, nonfiction, journalism, you know, New York Times, you know, uh, talk radio, National Geographic. But even then, I, I don't know if I agree with this because this assumes that things like National Geographic are less sensationalized than like two layers up on things that you should not be consuming that much more of, things like the BBC or Netflix. I'm like, are you kidding me? Netflix documentaries, quote unquote, can be highly biased, highly, highly biased. Um, yeah. So needless to say, the only concept that I really enjoy from this is that what is bad for you that I really liked, which is people tend to consume media that supports their existing views, but any contact where ideology leads to falsehood is bad for you. And that's called info toxification. And I like that. So consuming media that supports your existing point of views is interesting. That's fine. But if there's any content where ideology leads to falsehood, so any type of content that literally puts you against another group of people is what I would say is a big problem. If there's any an exclusive in-group, out-group type of media that you're watching, you know, be very careful of that. Be very skeptical of that. If anything, you know, try to try to see yourself as separate from that where, uh, I mean, just one of the YouTube channels that I watch where this guy hates on gym bros, you know, he's like, oh, you see all the bros in the gym doing this thing. Well, they're stupid because they're not thinking about this. And, and straight away, my mind is like, yeah, but you know what, if I want to be a gym bro for a while, that's fine. You know, you have to understand why people are doing it. Maybe it's a lack of uh, information, access to information. Maybe it's just, um, you know, how they feel valuable and in their lives they haven't had a chance to work through X, Y, and Z, you know, psychological trauma yet. And so this is the way that they cope and they deal with this. These are survival strategies for them. So it's it's easy for you to kind of make these assumptions about them, but, you know, it doesn't do anyone any justice. So um, I like that, that idea, the idea of ideology leading to falsehood, which is very simply, uh, you know, the, um, you know, toxification of in-group and out-group culture. I don't like that. I think that that's a problem. Okay. Um, apart from that, it seems to be very much, um, are you consuming or are you interacting or are you um, basically acting? I guess is the best way to say it. So if we're talking about media consumption, there's very little that we can do except for consume it. Maybe we can interact a little bit with it. But even in that interaction, that doesn't necessarily govern what we're interacting with. So I didn't like this media pyramid that much. I didn't think it was such a great idea. And instead, I came up with vitamins. And I thought that this was pretty cool. So what are the vitamins that you should be getting in your diet? So I said vitamin C. Vitamin C is for the classics. Watch classic movies. Uh, listen to classical music. Explore songs which are considered classics of any genre or classic songs of a country. Um, what are the classic movies considered to be classic um, kung fu movies or classic, you know, insert genre here, things like that. Um, you know, cult classics. So these aren't necessarily... Um, super famous or you know big blockbuster movies or anything like that it's just movies that define a huge group of people that allow you to then understand these groups of people as well which which can be fantastic so I like this idea of watching um, you know classics but it's not just watching it's listening reading you know any type of consumption of media and you pay attention to the classics 
you know yeah i might not enjoy listening to joe rogan all the time but paying attention to him once or twice has been very rewarding for me if anyone's interested i highly recommend the uh the episode where he interviews a uh, british mentalist by the name of darren brown i thought that that episode was probably one of the top episodes so that was a good one um but uh yeah i think uh that type of concept is there vitamin c the classics okay and within the classics you can also do poetry as well so any kind of classical work of literature you know what would you consider media okay vitamin n is the next one and i say n is n is for new and is it is for new basically keep up with the trends of the day like who are the hottest young stars what's the hottest young uh song at the moment or new song at the moment um you don't have to like it but paying attention to it just gives you a sense of what are the directions of fashion style things like that and it just means that you're you're able to understand other people a little bit better even if you don't enjoy it like i'm a huge fan of heavy metal rather than any other type of genre of music However, I'll still listen to the tracks because, you know, well, that's what other people listen to. And I want to understand what other people are talking about when they say things, you know. So it's this idea about connection as well. So Vitamin New, new podcasts, new movies, new music, new artists. Uh, you know, what are, what are people enjoying at the moment? Just give it a chance. You never know. Um, thanks to Black Panther and... Um, you know, the Pulitzer Prize that was won by Kendrick Lamar. I gave the Black Panther album a little bit of a chance and I found like a song on there that's really random, but I really enjoy it. And so now that's on one of my playlists. Why? Just because I gave something a chance that was new, that people were talking about. I was like, eh, it's not my style, but sure, why not? Okay. So we got vitamin U. The opposite of that is going to be vitamin old. And now this is in contrast to classic as well. It doesn't necessarily mean the same as classic. Just old. I've got books that are old that no one has heard of before. And I read them and I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed it, you know. Completely different world uh, or a completely different generation has produced this literature. And even though it's not considered to be popular literature, it can be amazing for you just because others didn't popularize them and make them and recognize that this was a contribution doesn't mean that it's any less of a contribution. You could find an obscure piece. <sighs> Sleep is good. You know, an obscure piece of um, culture that's just amazing for you. Okay, the next vitamin is vitamin unique. Um, and, and the simple uh, point on this is... Uh, Haruki Murakami said, if you only read the books that everyone else is reading, you can only think what everyone else is thinking. You know, so find some books that are really random that other people haven't read before. Because they, just because a book is popular, it doesn't mean that A, your opinion and its opinion need to coalesce, and B, that it's actually any good. It just means it's popular. It doesn't mean it's even the best work that's out there. It just means it's popular. You know, quick point you know, for this is Fifty Shades of Grey. Literally, if you read the the sentence structure, the grammatical structures, it's not good. It's really not good. On the flip side, you know, if you read if you read Game of Thrones, for example, um, the style of writing again is very high. But again, it was a very popular um, series, and I didn't enjoy it. I really didn't enjoy it. Whereas, like one of my favorite books, I think. 
I only know one other person who's read this book, and that's it. You know, so um, as as far as uniqueness goes, make sure that you get access to unique and different things for your friend circle. The next on the list of vitamins, there are three more. And so this next vitamin is vitamin E, which stands for emotionality. Be sure that whatever you consume, you know, evokes uh, thought, a passion, it stirs some kind of feeling deep within you. Um, you know, it's it's basically, we want to drive here that you're not just consuming media, I don't know, literature, movies, music, etc., that is popular or that you should in order to be a better human, but it's something that literally evokes feelings in you. Um, I remember one of my first times listening to a progressive metal band called Baroness, and one of their songs just evoked tears out of me and this from a band that has like screaming grouching vocals they've got such a soft beautiful song on their blue album which blew me away ha ha see the blue album blew me away um <laughs> there's a movie called the killing fields about uh the mass genocide that happened in cambodia and i believe it was mike oldfield who did the soundtrack for that and again, like random, you know, obscure kind of reference. And the idea is that, um, you know, it was very unique. But this very, oh, it's Mike Oldfield. I do beg your pardon. Mike Oldfield, The Killing Fields, released in 1984. I mean, if you've, if you've seen the movie, you know, congratulations, you're old. You know, or maybe you're, you're very... Um, I don't know, you're into obscure cinema, but uh, Mike Oldfield released the soundtrack for this, and there's a song on there that makes me cry every every single time I listen to it, and it's got to do with this idea of ground yourself in your humanity, you know, poetry, art, music, literature, you know, things like that, allow yourself to feel, and making sure that you're consuming stuff that allows you to feel the spectrum of emotions as well, happiness, laughter, you know, the joys the highs, the lows of being human. So vitamin E is what I would highly recommend. Um, a little word of warning here is obviously basing yourself only in stuff that makes you angry is what a lot of the the toxic kind of stuff does. Um, I've got a friend of mine who just uh, watches and posts like almost daily um, viral videos of police abusing their power. And I can only imagine how angry he is all the time at this kind of stuff and how much it creates a an an exclusive group kind of mindset in his mind and he's grounding himself in this kind of emotion it's hard, it must be hard to shake that emotion off that's not to say that this doesn't need attention or anything like that but really if you know if you want a human experience then go for the full range of what humanity has to offer as well okay uh, this, the penultimate is going to be vitamin D, and the D stands for disagree. And this is very simple. It's making sure that you're not creating an, uh, a, a form of an echo chamber around you. You know, Be sure to challenge your beliefs on a topic. Uh, be sure to challenge your own confidence on a topic. You're like, oh, I know everything about this topic. Well, read something that might teach you, help you realign, rearrange information on that topic. Read something that might actually have an alternative perspective on this topic that you would disagree with. And being open to that disagreement is 
is very good. Okay, consume a little bit of what others um, might have to say on the topic that you may not agree with. Because even that, just considering their arguments, you can you can easily say, well, I can easily you know give this person uh, points that can remove their argument and bring them over to my side, my perspective. Um, but, you know, it's just interesting to kind of examine other people's perspectives. So vitamin D for disagree. And then finally, the, the last but not least is going to be uh, vitamin M. And the M stands for mechanics. Vitamin mechanics. Uh, be sure to consume things that require you to actually understand the nuts and bolts of how something works, how something flows. Uh, explanation videos on YouTube. How does X work? Why does why does this thing work in this way? Why is the sky blue? Or, you know, like, what if uh, the world was gold? So a beautiful video that was done by uh, the YouTube channel Kurzgesagt, where they, they said, what if King Midas really existed and he could touch something that turned to gold? How would that work? Because gold is a very dense uh, molecule, in which case the density of a thing would change the gravity of the world. It would change how big something is, you know, because certain atoms have more space between the particles as well, etc. It was a fantastic point that really illustrated a lot of like uh, molecular physics. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And understanding something like that, great. Um, you know, so any way that we can kind of understand the world around us, any, anything that can that can explain how things work, it, it really helps you dive deep. And it can actually have, of a lot of the time, I find that vitamin, 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 maybe I should just say the American vitamin, vitamin mechanics actually goes in alignment with vitamin E for emotion, vitamin emotion, in that I consumed, I, I had a curiosity, a question about coffee. And like, oh, what way of coffee is actually the best for me? Not for other people, for me. And found a YouTuber who was a coffee barista who then started exploring all these different methods of coffee making and showing like just regular coffee beans and what were the best methods if you wanted an espresso, a uh, an Americano, a black Americano, a cappuccino, things like that. And so for a lot of this, uh, you know, basically boil down to two methods, percolation or e immersion, um, where your beans literally sit in the water or the water is passed through the beans. And which one is better? For my coffees, it turns out to be, sorry, uh, infusion method, where the beans, the grinds will sit in water. And it just got my passion going for coffees again and, and really uh, savoring little things about how people brew coffee and and, and understanding the, the concepts a little bit more actually gave me more insights into my own habits as well. So these were the vitamins that uh, we talked about. So this episode seems to be a little bit longer than most, so bear with me as we go through the final one, which is the how to consume. How to consume media. So a very simple point is things like uh, take time to chew your food thoroughly. You know, literally there's this idea of speed reading. Oh, I want to read all the books in the world. Well, no. How much of that book can you actually absorb if you're going at breakneck speed versus read a chapter, read a page, 
Think about that page. Can you condense that page down to a sentence? Do you understand the topic? Do you need to go back, reread it again? Okay. So chew your food thoroughly. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to add another one here. Imagine you're a cow and chew the cud, as in swallow it and then regurgitate it and chew on it some more. So there is there, there are some studies that are out there to say that if you consume something multiple times, it actually gives you a better understanding of the subject matter than consuming it a single time. So again, it comes back to this idea of chewing the cud. Let it digest. Bring it up again. Chew it some more and you'll be able to digest even more. Okay. This is a huge, huge, huge idea. Um, coming with that is the wait half an hour bef- after eating <laughs> before you swim. So it takes some time to digest what you've consumed to integrate it into your life, like let it become a part of you. So we've got this idea of, again, slow food. Eat slowly. Eat slowly. Digest your food. Take time for your food to integrate into your life. Um, You know, if you find a good recipe, a good piece of media that you've consumed, share it. Share it because sharing your food with people will actually create a stronger relationship as well. So share articles, um, you know, Ask people to to watch a movie and share their thoughts with you. Um, you get a better idea of what their what their thoughts are like. Um, sharing your podcasts, your favorites, things like that. So share, share, share. Just like you're sitting at a table sharing, you know, the bowl of potato salad or something like that. You know, go for it. So eat slowly. You know, uh, consume food slowly. Make sure that you uh, chew on it and regurgitate it from time to time and, and reconsume it. Um, share share your experiences in learning. Um, imagine you're sitting at a table and you're consuming it with people. You're consuming their thoughts, your thoughts, etc., exchanging. And then the last one is, of course, eat uh, a diet of fresh whole foods. And so when I say that, of course, what we're talking about is fresh, meaning the idea is also something that stands up to modern mindsets as well there's a lot of studies back in the day that were that were done and now that we've got better data we can actually um, update a lot of that work so just be careful about what you consume you know it doesn't need to be um, fresh but i think the scientific stuff is kind of like vegetables like the fresher it is um, the the better it is because it matches with our current scientific understanding but there's a whole host of issues there as well and then when I say whole foods, um, just remember that um, if something is processed, usually they've turned up the uh, sensationalism on it. They've amplified certain things to make it more uh, delectable um, and sugary. So make sure that you avoid heavily processed uh, media, in my opinion. I think that that could be a problem or limit your exposure to heavily processed media. Um but whole foods as well, talking about this, this idea of, um, let's say what you learn from one source is going to be one part of the story. It's going to be one perspective. It's not going to be the entire perspective. So a quick example of this is if you consume the movie Sicario, right, um, with Emily Blunt, there's a fantastic video on YouTube talking about how she's actually the bad guy of the film, not the good guy. And the way that the film is shot is that she's actually the good guy of the film. And so something like that is just remembering that whatever you're consuming, it always has a perspective. 
and it's never the whole story so try and see it from other perspectives as well you know even if you've got that that movie try and examine it investigate it from uh, a mexican perspective a cia perspective a uh, local law enforcement perspective you know things like that that could be quite interesting as well cool all right well i hope you enjoyed today's uh today's podcast episode and uh be sure to check out um social media things like that i will be sharing this article when it comes out as well as uh, as a means of helping promote my friends uh, my friend's work i uh, i'm really excited for him and see where it goes and um yes uh, do me a favor and uh, share this with a friend if you enjoyed this as well and start some good conversations, have a cup of coffee. I, I do think that this has been hiding away, this, uh, this podcast has been hiding, hiding away in a sense uh, for a while as it's been building up and finding its feet. And now that you know, we're now 32 episodes in, uh, I'm quite happy to say, you know, like, sure, I'm going to be sharing it on social media and promoting it. Um, there's nothing that you need to do, that you don't feel you need to do. But if you want to help us grow, please feel free to share this with friends. Absolutely. Um, and if there's anything that you want to say, if there's anything you want to challenge, if there's anything you want to add, feel free. Bring it on. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a debate. And let's find a good way to add value to the human race. All right. I'm out. I'm going to go lie down. Have a great day. Ciao, ciao.